0: We all experience anxiety, whether it's mild symptoms, racing heartbeat, sweating, maybe dizziness,
1: or something a lot more serious—panic attacks, post-traumatic stress disorder. Anxiety runs in a spectrum. That's the former president of the Anxiety
2: and Depression
0: Association of America.
2: It's Luana Marquez. I'm associate professor of psychiatry, Harvard Medical School. Like many in the field, she's seen an influx of patients since the pandemic. So the World Health Organization, the CDC, they all reported a jump. And early on in the pandemic made a lot of sense. The world
1: was anxious. The COVID-19 pandemic triggered a massive 25% rise in anxiety and depression around the globe, especially among women. Here's a new mom talking to CBS News.
3: One of the hardest things
0: for me was just the isolation and the loneliness. And while that jump has come down,
1: it's still lingering. It's not your imagination.
2: I've seen it globally and I've seen it in my practice. There's a lot more people coming in where just to say to me, you know, I, I was a little anxious before, but now I'm paralyzed. Anxiety is too much.
0: Something interesting that Dr. Luana has noticed is that some people, young and old, are anxious because they're
2: reassessing their lives. There's this value shift that I've seen in the pandemic that people have We're forced to pause and be like, what matters most? And then we have all of these individuals trying to figure out, what do they do next in their life? And with that comes uncertainty and some degree of anxiety, I think. And what's more, if you ever felt like you were the
0: only person who felt anxiety, you probably don't now. The list of
1: famous people talking about mental health grows longer by the day.
0: Ryan Reynolds, Sophie Turner, Megan Thee Stallion wrote an entire song about anxiety.
2: I'm a
1: bad bitch and I got bad anxiety. Selena Gomez released a documentary about her mental health struggles called My Mind and Me. I am grateful to be alive.
0: And let's not forget Prince Harry, of course, and Meghan Markle, who are practically taking down the British monarchy over its failure to address mental health.
3: They knew how bad it was. They thought, why couldn't she just deal with it? As if to say, well, you know, everybody else has dealt with it. Why can't she deal with it?
2: Here's Dr. Luana again. Mental health has become a conversation that we now can have. So is it that the anxiety really increased significantly? Or is it that now we have celebrities and important people saying, listen, I'm anxious too," And so I think there's a lot more people willing to say anxiety is taking a toll on my life. And that's actually a good thing. I think it's a fantastic thing because we know how to treat anxiety. And so if we're talking about it, at least we can identify and do something about it instead of just being paralyzed in silence about it. Enter
0: the startups. Since the pandemic, money has flowed into mental health tech startups. $5.5 billion just in 2021 alone.
1: There are already big players you might recognize, like Calm and Headspace, which offer guided meditations, and voices so soothing you might just fall asleep. I quite like Headspace founder Andy Pudicom. Here he is in a Himalayan forest.
3: As you breathe in, just imagining you're breathing in that fresh mountain air. As you breathe out, just letting go of any tension in the body.
0: Lovely. There's also any number of online platforms for talk therapy. The big names there include Talkspace or BetterHelp. And they've got their celebrity endorsements. Here's Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer.
3: Therapy can dramatically change your life. It helped me a lot. So you should try it for yourself. Brought to you by Talkspace. Therapy for all.
0: But now, the latest entrance, and this is what we'll focus on for this podcast are the makers of physical products that use design and sometimes even robotics to tackle anxiety. You mean something you can actually hold in your hand. Exactly. Or strap on your head in the case of a VR headset. But let's start with something you can hold in your hand.
4: My name is Stephanie Bruce, like uh, Bruce Springsteen, which similar. <laughs> I will remember that. Okay,
0: good. Like many of us, Stephanie sometimes has trouble sleeping. She uses the meditation apps.
4: And I really like using them. But still, when you're very anxious or stressed or panicked or worried, you do not always want to grab your phone and open an app and start tapping on stuff. One night, while laying
0: awake, Stephanie came up with an idea for deep relaxation.
4: I had to think of a mom having a baby on her chest and cradling the baby. And the mom is breathing in a certain way. And the baby actually feels this and connects with this and mimics this.
1: Stephanie has a PhD in pharmaceutical sciences. She enlisted the help of her brother, Michael. My
4: brother is actually
1: very handy and technical. And the two invented a device called Moonbird. We have one right here uh, in the studio with us. It's very sleek, and it sort of expands and contracts in your hand. And it's pretty quiet, but we'll hold it up to the microphone so you can hear
0: it working.
4: We came up with the idea of developing a tool that breathes for you, and you don't have to think or count or listen or look at an app. You just have to feel this and breathe along with it. They spent a year developing the product in Belgium. The first 250 moonbirds, my brother and myself assembled on the attic of our parents. It was the weeks before Christmas. That was back in 2020. Are you finding
0: that people are very receptive to this idea? I guess, who is buying and who is using these?
4: On average, we see that 70% of our customers are women. 70% you said?
0: 70, yes. 70%. Mm
4: -hmm. Yep,
0: that doesn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, exactly. A 2021 study by the University of Chicago Medicine found that women during the start of the pandemic experienced alarmingly high rates of mental health problems, including depression and anxiety.
4: We mostly target on women because we see that they have these issues a bit more. So I'm still very, very pleasantly surprised that we still reach the men as well and that they're not too afraid of buying the product. Stephanie says
0: most customers use the Moonbird for stress or sleeping problems. When she herself uses it, she estimates that she falls asleep within six minutes. I think
4: five seconds breathing in, five seconds breathing out, which works really well for me. Can you tell me a little bit about how many you've sold? We've sold over 10,000 devices. Oh, wow.
0: And the device is not inexpensive either. It's $199. But it reflects some trends in consumer behavior. A number of studies show that affluent customers in particular are using wearables or apps to track their health or vitals.
1: That's a good segue to talk about another device we have here.
0: Yes, this is a little different than the Moonbird. So I have in the studio here something called the Apollo Neuroscience Wearable. It looks it looks sort of like an Apple Watch. Right. You can wear it around your wrist or around your ankle, although I think it looks a bit like a court-ordered monitor when you do that. I actually have mine right now on my clip,
3: which I can attach to my bra, which I do all the time.
0: That's Catherine Fantauzi. And I'm the CEO
3: and co-founder of Apollo Neuroscience.
0: And so with this wearable, it's connected via an app and you can pick a setting, say, fall asleep or recover, and it will start subtly vibrating. Like zapping you? No, you can
3: feel it, but it's not that noticeable. I'll let Catherine explain. It's barely perceptible. It's essentially white noise for your body. You're supposed to be able to drive a car, work, Go to sleep. Do whatever you want to do while the program's running.
0: Catherine developed the wearable with her husband, Dr. David Rabin, a neuroscientist who studied chronic stress at University of Pittsburgh. The concept
3: is based on touch therapy. Our sense of touch is our fastest pathway to safety in the brain. And if you think about a baby crying, baby cries, you pick the baby up, you rock the baby, baby stops crying. In its brain, it goes, my needs are being met. And so the Apollo
0: wearable, whether it's on your wrist or ankle, is designed to soothe you in that same way. Say, for example, you're feeling anxious or stressed at work. They send these waves of
3: vibration to your body that mimic what happens naturally when you deep breathe. And so you feel it on your skin, but your brain goes, hey, I'm safe. This email isn't going
1: to kill me. By the way, it's interesting how both of these women used babies and holding babies as a way to explain the technology. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. As
0: Catherine says, We are all big babies. And not only that, but we're big babies living in a state of overdrive all the time, thanks in large part to technology.
3: We're all freaking out and we're wondering, why am I stressed out? Why can't I sleep? Well, I mean, it's not normal. We collectively take more pictures in two minutes than anyone took in 1950. Like, we absorb more news in the first 15 minutes of being awake than anyone in 1950 absorbed
1: in a week. So, Colleen, you've been wearing this device for a while. What do you think about it? Yeah, they sent me
0: one to try for this story, and I'm not getting compensated in any way to say this, but I I actually do like it a lot. In fact, I find it kind of addictive. Um, Something that really appeals to me, and I think any busy mom who is juggling work and life will relate to this, I don't have time to meditate or take a yoga class, but I can easily put a vibrating wearable on my wrist and then go about my day or turn it on before I fall asleep. So that's
1: the big selling point
3: for this device.
0: Yes, for me and many others. Catherine says about 100,000
3: people use the Apollo. I will never tell someone not to meditate or not to do wellness practice, right? Like you should. But in the end, a lot of us are very busy. And so the idea behind Apollo is that you can get the benefits of meditation without having to
1: meditate. It almost sounds too good to be true. Do you do you feel less stressed? Does it actually help you sleep better? Uh, I really think it
0: might. Uh, at least it's another tool in the toolbox for me. Apollo says
3: scientific research validates its claims. We did a trial at the University of Pittsburgh where we showed that non-meditators with an Apollo on, when compared to meditators without an Apollo, the non-meditators brainwave states caught up to the meditators in about 10 minutes. And in yet another study a double blind randomized placebo controlled
0: crossover trial they gave people a task to complete in a very limited time and those
3: without an apollo wearable nothing happened that we didn't expect people start to sweat their heart rate goes up they can't focus and the performance goes way down but for those wearing the apollo device people's Biometrics of stress went down. Their heart rate slowed to a normal level. And the
0: list goes on. Now, not everyone likes it. There are plenty of detractors out there, people who reviewed the device and said it didn't do what it promised or that it was too pricey. It's about $400. But bottom line, investors seem to like it. The company has
1: raised $22 million to date. Wow. Well, I haven't tried it myself, but I have to admit, I have a healthy amount of skepticism. (laughs) Fair
0: enough. But when we come back, we'll tell you about one more startup in the anxiety
1: tech space. And it's trippy, literally. (laughs) We'll be right back.
2: The Story Exchange
3: is an award-winning nonprofit media platform that elevates women's voices and achievements. Our $25,000 Women in Science Incentive Prize supports female scientists addressing climate change. Find out more at thestoryexchange.org. Welcome
0: back. We've been talking about anxiety tech. All the new gadgets that promise to chill you out. So last year, I went to the Collision Conference in Toronto, where I learned about this unusual startup. Welcome to Trip. The best way to describe it is software that mimics a psychedelic experience. Bring your attention to the experience unfolding around you. Mm,
1: sounds a little out there, right?
0: <laughs> right. But some big names are backing it, including the electronics
1: giant LG, which actually
0: named it a finalist in its Mission of the Future program.
1: So to view the software, you need to put on a virtual reality headset?
0: That's right. And when you do, you're literally taken to another world that's sort of pulsating and beautiful. At least that's what I understand. I wasn't actually able to try this one as I don't have a VR headset. But here's founder Nanea Reeves.
5: Instead of telling you to inhale and exhale, we actually show you your breath like stardust coming in and out of your mouth and make you feel like you're floating to another dimension.
1: Okay, so we're not looking at a waterfall or a beach, which I would have assumed. Uh, No, apparently
0: your classic meditation scenes don't translate well into virtual reality.
5: I found some research out of UCLA where they had um, highlighted that in the absence of different sensory inputs, like all of us know what a beach should feel like on the skin, what it should smell like when we're there. In the absence of that, there's this sensory dissonance that kind of gives you a, there's something wrong with this environment. That led her to some other research that looks at how to use virtual environments to trigger states of awe and wonder Let's give you experiences that are native to VR that you cannot have in this world. Like shimmering trees and glowing planets. We found that psychedelic-informed experiences like fractals and geometry had a calming effect on people in these virtual environments. Nanea
0: has a deep background in the gaming and mobile app industries and was an early investor in Oculus headsets, and she's brought that all to Trip, which has raised $26
1: million to date.
0: Is there anything you can tell me about your traction and your track
5: record? I think we're very close to 7 million sessions in VR, so it's not insignificant. One thing I will say, we are in a major technology evolution If you look at in the late 90s, computing was on the desk. And then in 2000, computing started to move to mobile. The same thing is going to happen with computing moving from the hand to the head. It is well underway. I would say we're around three to five years away from a major shift.
1: So uh, I guess we'll all be walking around with VR headsets on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not sure we'll be completely immersed in the metaverse, but to Nanea's point, we may very well be seeing more and more mindfulness and who knows, perhaps even talk therapy delivered via VR.
5: Our goal is to get presence in this category of mindfulness on every meaningful new device and... Uh, really look at it from an approach of layered reality so when you need to go deep into full immersion you can do that and connect to self but also connect to others in these community environments so we think of it more like an ecosystem but spatial computing is going to drive a huge amount of innovation in the world And of course, Nanea and all of the startup founders
0: we talked to say that technology should not replace prescription drugs or in-person therapy, but there are some really promising innovations out there. It's a whole new world.
1: We thank all the women who talked with us about anxiety tech. And we thank you for listening. This has been the Story Exchange. Join us next time to hear more stories about innovative and inspirational women doing the things you'd never dream of. Or... Maybe you would. If you like this podcast, please share on social media
0: or post a review wherever you listen. It helps other people find the show. And visit our website at thestoryexchange.org, where you'll find news, videos, and tips for entrepreneurial women. And we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at infothestoryexchange.org at or find us on Facebook. I'm Colleen DeBase, sound editing provided by Nusha Ballion. Production coordinator is Noelle Flago. Our mixer is Pat Donahue from String and Can. Executive producers are Sue Williams and Victoria Wong, recorded at Cutting Room Studios in New York City.